Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey, everybody, it's A Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, and I'm so excited today for my guest who has joined me. And I know you're not in the United States, but you're going to tell me where, and I should have had that ready. But Dr. Isla Fishburne, thank you so much for coming today. And where are you calling me from? So I'm from Northeast England, so really, really, really far up the Northeast of England. Yeah. And it's, uh, what are we in? We're in May now. Uh, How's the weather? Actually, it's been nice. Yeah, it's Valentine and it's, yeah, the plants are out dancing and saying like, hey, we're here. And like all the animals are coming out from hiding. And everybody here is having babies. There's babies, everything. (laughs) Everybody on my farm wants to have babies. And I'm like, no, we are not having babies. Um, but yeah, there it's. I laugh at how many places like my geese and ducks go and try to hide nests from me. No, oh. you know, and then I find them, and I'm like, oh, you guys are gonna stop it, stop doing no, it. Yeah, no more geese. <laughs> Too loud. My neighbors are gonna kill me. <laughs> so, um, you tell us a little bit about yourself. I also I want to know how mm. the heck you got into this, how you started, oh, how did you realize that you had this gift and then um you know I, I thought of you I thought of you the other day because of course we're in pandemic mode so mm-hmm. I'm going into my shop a lot um during these slow times and I love it because I get to spend an hour with a dog mm-hmm. um but I'm really starting to recognize that I know what dogs are saying or mm-hmm. um so like just in the shop the other day, I was testing it out because of course I can understand all my dogs. I have 11 here at my rescue right now. And, but when I get one that's in, let's see, a kennel and mm-hmm. they don't like to be dried. So they're in a kennel air drying and I was washing another dog and he was quiet and all of a sudden he started barking at me. And I turned around and he looked right at me and I knew he was telling me he needed to poo or pee. So awesome. I just awesome. went and did it. And I normally would just do this, but I was very mindful of it, thanks to you. And I let him out, and sure enough, did a circle, pooped like crazy, pee, put him back in, was quiet. Nice. Happened again. That was a black lab. Then another one was a doodle, did it again. Same thing. And then the third one I decided to ignore. And it's funny because I forgot about it. And I was like, oh, he's quiet. I must have been wrong. And I turned around and looked in this crate and there was a shit storm. Yeah, done in it. Done it. <laughs> a total shit storm. So it, um, and it was funny. And that's the worst thing because they've already been bathed. They're just drying. So now you have to rebathe them because yeah, now they yeah. have done a tap dance and they're poop. Yeah. Um, oh, probably, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than that tap dance. Oh, yeah. And you know it's usually going to be a little runny because it was out of anxiety and stress because yeah. they don't want to do it in their crate. Yeah. They like, I'm trying to hold it for as long as I can. Exactly. So I talk too much. Tell my listeners who you are and what you do. Oh, it's like, that's like a little dating app. So, um, yeah, well, I'm Dr. Isla Fishburn. I, um, it's always a little hard to kind of put it in a sentence of what it is that I do, but I really look at vibrational health. So vibrational health for our dogs and for humans from the perspective of our dogs have challenges. And sometimes 
those challenges are their own. Sometimes they're exacerbated because of um, the state that they that their guardian, their human guardian is operating from, or sometimes those challenges in the dog are arising because of the human and the challenges that the human has. So it's really looking at um, a whole host of factors of, of shifting our perspective and seeing our dogs first and foremost as not as physical beings, but as basically cellular beings and all their beautiful cells are composed to make this fantastic physical animal but how that animal is operating, functioning, everything that the animal sees, hears, tastes, smells, touches, feels, is um, being received at a cellular level and then is sending information throughout the body and is then is uh, influencing how the animal is responding. And this happens from before birth up until present day. So our dogs are always having these experiences. Uh, and from a human perspective, I really love getting people to step out of what is classed as our material way of thinking, our material mind, and really step into our intuitive mind, which comes from the heart. And the best way, because like I combine science and indigenous wisdom together, I, I feel like to marry the two is really important. We we're, we are missing information if we just look at one without the other. I agree. Um, I'm pleased that you agree. And from that perspective, it's like what I find so amazing is that um, when an animal is developing within the womb, the organ that develops first is the heart. The heart starts to beat before an animal has a brain. So our heart is not just an organ that keeps us alive. It's a sensory organ of perception and that is literally responding to its environment. And this response is telling the animal's body how it should feel, how it should respond. And so what can happen is that from a, a cellular perspective and a vibrational health perspective, when um, distresses arise in our dogs, which happens so much now because our dogs, ourselves, we are genetically ancient beings that live in a modern day world. And what is happening is that the energy state of our dog, the energy state of a human is either in a constant state or a prolonged state of, of arousal, of, of chaos, of um, incoherence, of misalignment. So when we look at all the different factors that are fed into us, are fed into our dog as a whole system, as an ecosystem, as I refer it to, then it's looking at how we stabilize our dog as an ecosystem and how we work on ourselves, how we work on our dogs through every aspect uh, the physical, the mental, emotional, the spiritual, the nutritional, and um, so that we, as best as we can, bring ourselves and bring our dogs into alignment so that we're operating from a coherent perspective and our energy states are, are harmonized and aligned. Uh, that's wonderful. I remember watching a beautiful documentary, which I wish I could find again, about the evolution of the dog mm -hmm. and, um, and really looking at how they have evolved to be our best friend mm -hmm. and to service us and to be there for us. And that this is, you know, it traced back all the way to if dogs didn't exist, we wouldn't exist. That it was um, when they first started to have farms and mm -hmm. they needed their dogs to protect and mm -hmm. you know, they, they couldn't do all of these things without their best friend who was a working dog. So I do believe they evolved and everything that you're saying makes so much sense because like I said, the more I pay attention to it, um, like the, you don't, you had to have looked at yourself at some point and went, wait a minute, why do I know this or I'm better with animals or whatever? And then how did that spring you into making this your career? Mm, beautiful question. Yeah. So the, like, there's a there's a story. I am going to make it into a book. It's definitely going to be a book awesome. uh, one of these days. So, 
Um, now's a good time. Now's a good time. Yeah, maybe we should do it now. Now. Um, uh, I'm I'm actually working on mine now. Oh, are you? Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I was, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, even though we're kind of in self-isolation, I've been really busy. I'm like. Oh, I know. Should be. But yes, but it's been quite crazy. Um, but yeah, ever since I was a kid. So as long, uh, like as long as I can remember. So every birth and every Christmas for as long as I've been able to talk, I used to always ask for a wolf and a bear and also a fireman's ladder. So I don't know why, I don't know where the fireman's ladder came from, but I always wanted a wolf and a bear and a fireman's ladder. Oh and the wolf God. and bear had to be real, but small enough so that they could fit inside my pocket so that they could always, always come with me wherever I went. Um, and I'm like, so as a kid, I've always had just a very, very deep interest and connection to just nature and wildlife and animals. Um, and I was really fortunate when I was a kid. We lived in, just at the back of my street, my mom and dad's house. There's a little place that we nicknamed the Sand Hills, which was just full of woods and animals and and what beautiful so i've always had that connection um and i've always had um a deep interest in indigenous wisdom as well that came when i was eight years old i just started to read books around yeah indigenous indigenous ceremonies indigenous cultures indigenous wisdom and that's just exploded throughout my life when I was a late teenager and, and when I was in academia, I actually kept very quiet about it, thinking that, you know, there was something wrong with me or it was a bit strange. But it's really been a big, big passion of mine that I've just explored further and further and further. Um, but when I was doing my zoology degree and then I went off to do my PhD, I'm in conservation biology, like my love is ecosystems, ecosystem health, ecosystem stability, ecosystem restoration. And within that, um, again, when I was doing my zoology degree, I learned about the, the 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 theories of disease, well, how an animal gets unwell, how an animal gets sick, how an animal gets disease. And so there was two two trains of thought. There was the, the, the germ theory hypothesis and also the terrain theory hypothesis. Now, the one that prevailed, the one that took over and the one that was like accepted was like the germ theory hypothesis of like, well, you know, we get sick and animals get sick because there's loads, there's germs around and there's pathogens and that's why we get sick. And of course there is. But what I really fell into was a more holistic approach, I guess, of the, ter the terrain theory hypothesis. Because to me, I'm like, the terrain theory is like an ecosystem theory hypothesis where we are all individual. So when we think of our dogs as individual landscapes or individual ecosystems, um, depending on the stability of the terrain of an individual means that an animal is more or less susceptible to diseases, to a physical disease. Is that physical disease as a result of a bacteria in itself or is it because that animal has emotional, nutritional um, distresses, energetic distresses that um, are left ignored. And so from an energy perspective, again, more and more and more and more incoherence develops. So the energy is really bouncing off this animal rather than it being calm and neutral, which then creates distress in a particular part of the dog in a particular area of its body, or it just manifests as a physical issue. And um, so I've really had a deep passion for ecosystem stability from like a habitat to like a you know a mother earth a planetary perspective but right down to the individual and then even further so when we look at the microbiome which i love because for me that is yet another ecosystem and if we want to make that ecosystem stable that's then helping the dog's ecosystem be stable which is then helping the community ecosystem be stable and 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 it just goes out like a ripple effect <laughs> um we, we have we have to take a, a short break but one of the the my favorite things that you said um, and that I think we all need to pay attention to is that they're individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are individuals. We can't say, 
give them this and it's going to take care of it. Everything makes a difference. And even when you have done everything, let's say, right, if you don't have that energy at home and you don't have that energy, that positive or good energy, or it's stressed out, you know, we're in the pandemic uh, state right now where dogs are going insane. I've never had more people ask about uh, getting a CBD product uh, for their dog to calm them down, which makes no sense. I'm home. They should be happy. No, you've disrupted everything and they're on. They feel your stress. They feel your anxiety and they're going to react to it. So it's very interesting. And I want to talk more about that when we come back. Beautiful. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we're back with It's a Dog's Life, and I'm here with Dr. Fishburn, and we're talking about... um, what are we talking about? To me, dogs and ecosystems and individuals, ecosystems. And what's so funny is I just did a big. So now I'm just taking the the biggest issues that I've seen seen coming into my shop and addressing them um, on video and blogs. And so it's allergy season, uh-huh, and yeah. everybody has fleas. And I'm seeing it again where the, of course, toxic medications aren't mm-hmm. even working. 
Yeah. Which usually means what, and this has happened again, this happened probably 10 years ago here in my area where nothing worked. Frontline didn't work, nothing. Everybody was trying everything and it didn't work. And sometimes it doesn't work. So what do they say? They say to put more on them. So, and then there's allergies and we know all the things that cause allergies, but it's so funny because people don't think about their environment. Mm -hmm. And they don't think about when they walk past that lawn that has the little sign on it that says, you know, that it has pesticides have been sprayed. Don't let your pets or children on it. It doesn't even register. That doesn't make any sense. And if my dog walks through that, they're going to bring it into my home. Oh, but wait, my home already is filled with toxic ingredients for cleaning things and air fresheners and the stuff we put on them. So I am all for the ecosystem. Um, And basically, I just did a video on allergies. And that's all I basically talked about is look at their environment, look at what you're giving them. Their body is not even able to fight off a flea. They all react different. Um, it's so funny, you know, having 11 dogs, I get to watch how everybody reacts yeah, yeah. to everything. But it's so important. And I watch my dogs go out and eat lemongrass out of the yard. Nice. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And Lush. I watch them teach the other dogs to eat it. Like where the Lovely. other dogs come up and go, what are you doing? Because, of course, I get a lot of boarders or visitors or yeah. whatever. And they, she just like, you know, she doesn't guard it. She eats it and shows them and then they try it and they're like, mm, it's pretty good. And I just want to go, God, I want to know if she's going, this will keep the mosquitoes from biting you. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, when my Doberman, when a thunderstorm rolls in, doesn't matter where she is in the house or yard, she is coming in and going to sit next to me and she asks for the CBD oil. She oh, knows. So I love all of this stuff, but I'm not going to lie. I had to, there's a lot of people out there where I know people who are spending thousands of dollars for an animal communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a bunch of different things that people call themselves. And, you know, I, one of the, this is one of my favorite stories. Very wealthy man. <laughs> um, he has an animal, I think he, he called her an animal communicator. And they moved from one place to another and they adopted a dog. Mm -hmm. And so they live part of the time in California and part of the time in New York. And in California, the, their old dog and the new dog, you know, aren't getting along, whatever. He had the animal communicator in New York. He calls the animal communicator on the phone from California to New York. And the communicator says, let me, let me talk to the dog. Now, I don't know how. I don't believe that. (laughs) However, however, what I do know is that I would be able to do the same dang thing Mm -hmm. because he explained the whole situation to me. He told me what she said and she was right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I could have skipped the let me talk to the dog. You know, I don't, I, I don't believe that you're getting the dog's energy or senses or communicating over the phone. I do believe that you can know a situation and figure it out. And, you know, I do. I do. I can tell. I know why that dog's acting that way. I know, especially if they're mine. Yeah. And everything you said was right, but that was a little too much. Um, because people <sighs> don't think of them as individuals. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they don't think about that you're stressed and they're going to be stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the most common things? So what? So do you educate? Can people talk to you? Um, when, um, when are they going to be able to read a book? Um, <laughs> if people are interested in this, um, where can they find out more information? Are there, are there ways that they can start realizing what they're doing wrong, being more aware? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things I realized is, you know, when everybody's barking, and I'm yelling at them to stop barking. I've just joined the barking. You're just barking, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, little things like that, that, you know, the yeah. things that drive you crazy, realizing what your energy is. You know, I have one dog that if she thinks you're mad at her, she's going to pee. Oh, bless you her. You know? Yeah. So you get those crazy behaviors with rescue dogs. She's from Bosnia. She's got all kinds of issues, you know, but... Um, it's really important. So how does yeah. someone connect more with their dog? How does someone become more aware and, and learn more about this? Oh, such a great question. Yeah. And so I think going back to our dogs as individuals and therefore having an individual ecosystem, one of the things that I always say is that this is why there's no such thing as a textbook dog. Because unless we wrote a textbook for every dog in existence, they, it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that's also a way for me like there's so many people that I meet that just they love their dogs so much they want to just do everything right for them and it's great in that how quickly research is coming out is in one way great but also another way it's it's overwhelming and including for myself I try and do as much research as I can but just there is so much coming out that you can't keep up and it's almost like I want to support the human because I know from an energy perspective, supporting the human is going to support the dog. Mm -hmm. And so many of them just, they feel so overwhelmed. And then they're like, well, the textbook says, and the textbook says, and my auntie's dog's doing this, and my neighbor's dog, and my dog's not doing it. And like, forget about what anybody else's dog's doing. Exactly. Your dog is, your dog is an individual. Your dog is different. Let's focus on your dog and let's focus on you. So I'm really big in like empowering people to understand that and to really, you know, you see their shoulders go from here to like, oh, And, you know, allowing a dog to learn in their own time, just like we all learn in our own time and we all have skills and hobbies and interests that are slightly different to anybody else. You just Um, made me, I don't mean to interrupt you. I don't want you to forget your line of thinking, but you just made me think of something about me um, advising people when they're picking a puppy. And, you know, they don't, it's, it's cute are the, are what the standards are. So even when someone has decided on a breed, Mm. And I say this because I have a miniature schnauzer who's mm. awesome mm. and I love the woman. She has three, I think. And so everybody, I'm like, well, I love this lady. So they'll go there and I go, go see her, go sit in a pile of puppies. And the puppy that comes to you, that's your dog. You know, now oh, that we, this is so interesting. This now, see, and, I've seen, and I've seen it blown up in their people's face twice. Uh-huh. So one of them, um, she's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't say names. Don't say names. She's going to know it's her. (laughs) And I love her dearly. But, um, you know, one of the dogs that came from there was a tiny little white perfect schnauzer. She is the most loving, beautiful, spirited, easygoing, no issues, problems, nothing little girl in the world. So this person went to the same person. And even though I said, whatever dog comes to you, she had in her mind, white, pure white one is going to be, because the that's the way she is, is going to be the best. Um, and that's not the case. So she picked the white one instead of the one that came to her, 
which I was shocked. I'm like, this dog is throwing itself at you. <laughs> um, and she picked the the white one. And yeah, we've had issues ever since. But I'm, and most of them behavioral and like opposite. You know, this dog wants to run around, play. He is a boy, boy, boy. And the opposite of what she was, which is she just wanted to snuggle and be with you. And it's so funny. Um, so even when you're picking a dog, pay attention. Not only do yeah. your research and make sure that it's compatible with your lifestyle and your family and allergies so important. and training and all of so that. Important. But when you get through all that and you're ready, you got to let them pick you. Let them pick you. So interesting you say that because from a different, so I operate from a different perspective, which really, so this is a subject that I just love. I love everything about dogs anyway. So um, I teach a concept called functional characters. So as like, because our dogs are social group animals. So when they are born within a litter, um, they don't know that they're going to kind of be picked by different humans and go to different homes. Right. So within a particular litter, you have different functional characters because as social, as a social group animal that our dogs are, they have different functional roles to basically create an anchor and support that group as it would collectively be. So there are particular... Um, uh, characteristics and expectations and responses that, that that these different functional characters show, which is one of the things that I do is that I work with some breeders and that I get a list of the potential humans that want one of these puppies, their, their lifestyle, what they expect, like do they have children, do they not have children, how busy is their household? And then I look at the litter and identify what functional characters are in that litter. And then as best as we can, we choose like functional character, understanding our dogs as functional characters is like I just want everyone to understand that, to understand that as a subject. It's really so you watch the the puppies and determined ah oh, that's yeah. So, can I work yeah. for you? Can I be like an intern? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would be amazing. We probably don't get any work done though. We'd just be gassing all the time and laughing. I know that's true. That's true. I'd always be going throw CBD on it, and you'd be like <laughs> down because um. There, when it comes to rescue situations, my biggest help is CBD because it like speeds up the process for me of getting rid of the anxiety and then going right into the training and trust and all that good stuff. We're going to talk more about it. I were, need to take another break. Perfect. All right. We'll be right back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback. Cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Empire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones 
through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to hemp present only on Cannabis Radio. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we only have like six minutes left. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to tell everybody? I love that. So, um, yeah, don't just go buy a puppy. Don't go buy a puppy anyway. No, look at functional characters. I love the very first thing that I start with, when it's getting a puppy or a rescue dog, what we forget is we get so focused on... Like, I'm getting a puppy, getting a rescue dog, what do they need? Actually, what it starts with, so something else that I work with is life stages. What it starts with is like setting up the home as a life stage, what I class as life stage one. Amen. So when you bring the puppy or the rescue dog home, all of a sudden that young animal is a newborn because it's in a new environment with new smells, new sounds, new expectations, new people. So what does that dog need? What will that dog receive when it's just been born? And there's certain nurturing maternal behaviors that we can bring through that we can actually be creating in the house. So rather than the dog walking to this home of like, wow, it's chaos and frequency and all sorts. It's like, oh, oh so these gosh, things. I'm so excited. Can... You said frequency. I adopted a, a rescue to die. I went to rescue one. It was really funny. It was on this website. I was bored. And I was like, okay, I have room for a dog. I'm going to go to SPCA. They're my favorite. And they had this little pet finder, like an eHarmony. And it matched me with this dog 99% after filling out everything. And her name was Jolene, which was my mom's name. And I'm like, oh. okay, well, I'm going to adopt Jolene. And as I was walking, I met another dog walking through to go meet her. So met both of them. And the other dog um, was rescued from a kill shelter, had wow. just been fixed. And she wouldn't even come in the house. She had never heard the TV, the frequencies going on in the yeah, house. Exactly. She yeah. wouldn't even come she in. Bridged everything. And yeah, so life stages for me, it's like, wow, even before we get the dog, it's like, let's look at, like, again, going back to our frequency, going back to our energy state, even like, this is what people like, again, it's, we're not taught it, so of course we don't understand it, but even the words that we speak, the thought that we have, what follows thought is an energy. So even if, you know, we're thinking like maybe your friend that had the white dog, if the new white dog, if she's going, oh, but you're not the same as the white dog that, you know, this white dog, then that, I mean, that can upset dogs. That can cause, they're like, you know, what's what's wrong with me? I love you. Like, what is wrong with me? So we have to be so careful of the words that we speak and the thoughts that we have, mm -hmm. because that also affects our dogs as well. And I mean, really everything, like in your last question, like functional character, life stages, our dogs' ecosystems, how we, how we guide and provide the best life for our dogs um, I've put an online course together. So if people want more information, they're literally awesome. 17 hours of plus bonus material on what? my online course. Um, and how it do comes, they, How do they find that course? So it's on my website. Um, which, What's the website? Uh, Tell so the website is kachinacanine.com. 
Yeah, as in the word, not the letter and the number. Right. Thank Yeah, and it's just literally kind of my life's work so far into the online course and then now I'm developing more deeper stuff so getting people to look at like soul work for the dog and plant spirit medicine and uh yeah I just want I want us to feel so empowered and confident in who we are that that then transpires onto our dog so that we are then really focusing it, it does it really really does and then we're just focusing on the challenge that the dog is showing because it's a challenge in the dog and how we create alignment for that dog's ecosystem. I think that's one of the biggest things that we do wrong is that we're insecure as pet parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, you know, there's good vet, good veterinary vets and good bad vets, just like there's good doctors and bad doctors. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's people who specialize in certain things and yeah. some, don't. some people's intent is not there and others are not, but are not good. But, what we need to understand is that if you do want the best for your dog to understand that you understanding your dog and watching your dog and treating them as an individual is the number one thing that you can do by starting and trust that you know best. You, yeah. Nobody knows your dog better than you do. Absolutely. And, be, and be aware, be aware of looking at them. That bark sounds different or, you yeah. know, whatever it is. Um, at my groom shop, I have even been able to, do so much more because I've never seen so many stressed out or scared animals. And, you know, from reaching out and getting them from their owner or a kennel and then being so scared or holding them while they're getting their nails done because they're freaking out. And to be able to hold them secure, tight, but also give a good energy Mm -hmm. is all the difference. So I'll even feel myself, you know, tense and be like, nope, I've got to... Be present. This and then I feel the animal go. I literally feel them yeah. melt. And they there's melt. no denying it. I've done it with my geese. I've done it with ducks, oh. dogs, pigs. I've done it with everybody. And it and it is. It's what we're feeling. They're picking up on it. And if you're stressed out, they're going to be even more stressed out. And they're going to in so many different Absolutely. ways. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Fishburne, oh, for joining. I went so quick. I know. I hate it. If you want to do, we can get back on. Facebook lives are huge right now. So people listen to us for hours if you want. Um, <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> they do. <laughs> That's why we're doing them. We're like, okay, I'm here. What do you want to, what do you want to ask? Brilliant. Let's do it. You'll, you'll find that, um, you know, people are so interested in this, but they want to know specifically for their pet. How can I help yeah, my I pet? How do I recognize my pet's um, issues or stress and things like that? And then cats, my gosh, cats show, you know, anxiety and stress different than anybody. So it's so funny how they're so different than everybody else because they're completely different individuals. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) And I want to thank you for being a renegade um, in this space. Thank you. I'm trying. Not Not letting people tell you you're crazy and they're just animals and who cares and whatever so i'm no, happy so that you followed your heart and thank you um, thank you that means a lot and thank you for asking you. me to be on it was it's been great fun you bet thank you so much take care thank you too the 
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.